Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. Our first keynote speaker is a sought-after meditation teacher, conference speaker, and seminar leader on the life visioning process. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, well, you're about to find out. Please join me in welcoming onto the stage, Michael Beckwith. Dynamic blessings to all of you. It's my joy, my honor to be with you, to see a crowd. I haven't seen one in such a long time. (laughs) And my own spiritual community, I'm still speaking virtually to people around the world. So this is, this is really sweet. You all, like, let me see what you look like. Ah, people, people, people. And I know you've already done a powerful exercise, but just look around the room and just through your eyes, just allow blessings to flow from your eyes to each person that you meet. Obviously, there's no space or time or distance between us because at the very center of our being, we are united with the force of all creation called by millions of names. So just feel that we're building a dynamic field of love and beauty and intelligence that's more real than the very chairs you are sitting on. Obviously, we're talking about consciousness, and that's the word that we have heard for probably probably this entire conference. The word has been used over and over again, but I always like to break down what that means. When one speaks of consciousness, We're speaking about your real identity. You are not only an avenue of awareness, you are awareness itself. And then there's content in your awareness. If I would use the ocean as an analogy, the ocean is H2O, it's water. But it has content. It has seaweed, it has plankton, it has human pollution, it has boats, it has all kinds of things. But the content is not the ocean. The content is in the ocean, but it's not the ocean. You are pure consciousness, and you have content. That content are opinions, points of view. That content is how you've been imprinted from the time you were born, the social milieu, the the social conversation, and whatever is going on, and how it influences you. That's your content, but it is not you. As you move through spiritual practice, through the process of affirmative prayer, sacred meditation, life visioning, and other other practices, you have spiritual insight. An insight is an event that takes place in consciousness where you incrementally or suddenly become aware of knowing something that you formerly believed. It, it hits you. It's a, it's a sotori moment. It's, a, it's an aha moment. And you're, you are out of time and space, and you know something that your soul has already known, and that's called an insight in your consciousness. When that happens, and you're not any longer totally identified with the content, that's called awakening. When you are identified with the content that's passing through, we're all sleepwalking to some degree. And so in the, 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 the action of your spiritual practice, based on your intentionality, based on the practice, you are seeking to stabilize the insights that are occurring until they become your primary state where you are living. In other words... Um, The world, we look around the world and we see so many things happening, and we look around the world, the world is made up of opinions, points of view, agreements of those points of view, and that creates a world view. The world is not the planet. The planet is Gaia, the planet is Mother Earth, the planet is alive, the planet is awake, the planet is vibrating at a very high frequency, waiting for us to catch up. And then there's the world, which is a point of view or a perception. So two people can be standing on the same place on the planet, but be in different worlds. So the world that we see are vibrating states of consciousness and agreements. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. So, so, so we, we are here to lift our state 
as you have been doing since you've been here, and then learning to stabilize the state so that emergence can take place, that which is innately within you, intelligence and the beauty and love and harmony and abundance and the joy, these innate emanations straight from the source of all creations, when you're able to stabilize a state, those that your next stage emerges. So you who are here right now are holding a state, creating a field that has uh, ramifications throughout the entire world. What you are emitting from the very depth of your being, your heart center, is changing the state of the world. Even though we may be only a few people here in this room, it's creating a state because the frequency is much higher than what's going on in the world of effects, the world of circumstances, situations, and conditions, which are the condensation of points of view. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. So you're doing a great work. <laughs> by, by working upon yourself, you're assisting a higher state to emerge for the planet at this time in human history and beyond. So another way of looking at yourselves is you are the people of the future living in the present, holding a state for humanity to emerge to the next stage of its unfoldment. You catch that? Feel into that dynamic so that the states that we see vibrating, might makes power, wars, rumors of wars, all the stuff that's happening, those are states. So you're the people of the future holding a state in the present for the emergence that matches the state that we're holding. That's what's going on here. And so when we look at humanity, humanity lives in one of four domains or a combination of them. There's the domain of survival. There are many people on the planet that are still living in, under the edict of survival. There, people are waking up trying to find food or water. There may be a drought. There may be a war. Uh, uh, and so their, their first priority is to survive the day for themselves or their kids. Then the next domain is the domain of adaption and adjustment, where you're learning how to adjust to a condition or adjust to a circumstance. It's a little bit, a little bit higher vibration than merely surviving. It's adaption, innovativeness, resourcefulness. We all have a dimension of that operating within us. And then the next frequency, the next domain is transformation. This is where you are right now. You're here in, in, a, in a conference of deep immersion to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and heart and soul to, to open yourself up to the great possibilities that are within you. And those possibilities are bigger than any issue, any problem that you may be facing because you're, the possibilities that are within you are infinite and, limit, and limitless. So that so tra so you're in the you're in the domain or moving into the domain of transformation, and transformation means trans means to go beyond, and you're going beyond the present formation of your life. The present formation of your life is the condensation of your beliefs and points of view, many of which are subjective, many of which are, have become a part of your subjective mind. You don't even know that you even believe certain things at times, but they're operating anyway. You're going beyond that through spiritual practice. You are transforming and allowing yourself to becoming an entirely new vibratory being, you see? And then there is dissolution. That's the last domain, and you bounce back and forth between transformation and dissolution. And that means when you start to reach a higher frequency, a different vibration, then your previous world appears to fall apart. <laughs> because you've been holding it together from one, one vibration. And then when you grow and you expand your awareness, uh, then that which you were comfortable with, those comfort zones, that's where, you, where, you, where you're with, that doesn't fit anymore. And so it begins to dissolve. 
So you begin to live life constantly being on the edge of transformation and dissolution. Transformation and dissolution. And it becomes a, just a part of your life. It doesn't be, you, don't, you don't have a federal case about it. It's no big deal. Because, because you know you're on the verge of transformation. You're on the edge of great discovery all the time as to who and what you really are. Which is an emanation of the only life that there is. Which is the life of the source of all creation. The life of God. If you, or, or, uh, if you want to, you know, has millions of names and you begin to see life differently. And so you are here to either kickstart or you are here to uh, further embrace that you are actually living to be about transformation and the activation of the giftedness and the talents and the capacities that are within you. So that you can become more you at this time in human history. Because if you don't do you, you won't be done. Because this great presence, by whatever name we choose to call this presence, does not do do-overs and does not ever repeat itself. So that each and every being in this room is a unique expression of infinite potential, will never exist again because the presence is infinite and doesn't repeat itself. So if you don't do you, you won't be done, you see. And you can't do someone else, and no one else can do you. So you're living under a spiritual mandate to not only wake up, but to stabilize that particular vibratory frequency through the insight and through the revelation that occurs as you are in meditation, that occurs when you are in prayer, that occurs when you are practicing the life visioning process. You're to stabilize that, which is why spiritual practice is so important. Because the world, you know, with all its vicissitudes and different states and stages of consciousness can be a great distraction, can actually de at times determine your moods, determine uh, uh, the, uh, the activation of imprints within you. But as you become more and more uh, uh, stabilized at a particular state, you become aware of distractions, but you're no longer distracted by them. You can be aware there's all kinds of distractions going on in the world, but your state is untouched because of the inner work that you have done. Why you are here, you see, to wake up to that aspect of life. So if you come from the beginning, consciousness is what you are, pure awareness. So when I say you see differently, that when you enter into spiritual practice and you begin to see differently, I'm not saying seeing with your eyes. I just told you you were pure consciousness. You were seeing with awareness. In other words, you do not see because you have eyes. You have eyes because you see. You do not hear because you have ears. You have ears because you hear. Form follows your consciousness. There's consciousness first, and then form follows that. So that you see, and then you created eyes to see in this dimension of what is, we call time and space, which doesn't really exist. Uh, it's it's, it's a, um, an illusion, so to speak. It's a mental construct that we need in this particular dimension in order to uh, see the condensation of our thoughts, have enough time to deal with them. Anyway, that's a whole other talk. However, <laughs> however, you see with your awareness. You hear with your awareness. As a, as a matter of fact, close your eyes for just a moment, and I'll say something. Uh, say to yourself, and listen to yourself, say to yourself, I am worthy to be totally healthy. Just say that, not, not out loud. Just say it to yourself, I am worthy to be totally healthy. Say to yourself, all of my needs are met. Say to yourself, everything is working together for my good. Now, you heard yourself say that, right? You can open your eyes now. <laughs> you heard yourself say that, right? Okay, you did not hear that with your ears because you didn't say anything. Your awareness heard that, you see. So you, can, you see with your awareness and you hear with your awareness. 
And so when we, when we speak of consciousness, we're talking about pure awareness, and we talk about awakening. We're talking about you not being identified with the, the imprints, not being identified with your opinions, the points of view, the interpretation of past experiences. Whenever you have a moment of connection, at that moment, you're not identified with the temporary, the transitory. You're identified with your real self. Now, we're living in a day and a time in which this kind of awakening happens within one lifetime. Uh, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, you know, people would have to recycle themselves and go through many incarnations to wake up. But at this particular time in human history, because of the frequency of the earth vibrating at the level that it's vibrating, and because these teachings are in mass all over the place now, you know, this used to be weird stuff back in the 70s. You know what I mean? You were a weirdo, you know. People, <laughs> people, people would rather uh, uh, see you reading a book of porn than a book on meditation. <laughs> Back in the 60s and 70s, you know. But because of the fact that uh, these teachings are inundated into the newosphere, the mental atmosphere of the planet, now the, the, the quickening, uh, the possibility of one waking up to their glorious nature is much more available to us all. You don't, you don't have to recycle over and over and over again. You can have a dedicated spiritual practice, be involved, as you're doing now, with high-minded people, sacred fellowship that lifts the frequency, and then in your practice, stabilize uh, that particular state so that that which is within you can emerge which is what the vision process is all about. You're probably thinking, when is he going to get to the vision process? But, you know, we have, we have to establish some, some understandings here first. So your belief leads to spiritual practice. Your spiritual practice leads to insight and revelation. It then leads to embodiment and integration. And then it leads to a way of living. So there's, there's belief that leads to practice, leads to insight, integration, embodiment, and then you have a way of living. So you are here to up-level your practice so that ultimately you have a way of life that you're living. It's not, a, it's not a temporary lifestyle. It is a way of living, and it's not being pious or religious. It's being mindful and heartful and being dedicated to transformation, uh, coming out of ambition and obligation, uh, but uh, developing a love affair. That's what it felt when I, when I woke up at that particular time. It was like I just had this uh, a love affair with this presence that I say now, the presence that's never an absence, uh, uh, this presence that is so close, so near, closer than we are to ourselves. It is our real nature and our, and our real being. And through spiritual practice, the clouds that are blocking the sun, the clouds that are blocking our luminosity begin to dissolve. And even when there are clouds there, we have an inner feeling tone that the spiritual sun is still shining. Are you following what I'm saying here? So... Because you can practice, I like to say, because you can, then you must. Because you are the one standing in proxy for those who are living under the domain of, of survival. There are individuals that don't wake up thinking, I'm on the verge of transformation. They're waking up thinking, how can I get my next meal? They're waking up thinking, I don't want to stand, I don't want to stand on a, on a I don't want to be bombed. They're waking up thinking, there's a drought. And I need some food. So because you can, then you have to stand in vibrational proxy for so many millions of people on the planet that are still under the domain of survival. So that we're creating a vibratory frequency of a, of a, of a kind of a spiritual high tide that lifts the boats on the planet. So don't think for a moment that you sitting at home and having a moment of study, a moment of prayer, a moment of meditation, a moment of visioning is just for yourself. It's not. Because you're connected to every sentient being on the planet. 
You are connected with everyone. There is no time and there is no space. That's, uh, that's uh, as I said earlier, that's a mental construct. So right now you're being inundated. You're surrounded by, cradled by tremendous love, infinite peace, pure joy, ecstasy, bliss. All of this is happening. Bliss is the, the function of the activation of our potential, you see. And so you are here to, to activate your potential so that you're able to, to, to stabilize moments of bliss, not exogenously, not something out there doing it to you, but you having an awareness that when the potential is activated, bliss, ecstasy. You follow what I'm saying? You catching? Are you catching this? Okay. So in the vision process, with, with the awareness that you're not seeing with your eyes, you're not hearing with your ears, becoming more and more aware that you are consciousness, you're not the body, you're not the mental body, you're not the emotional body, you're not your subtle bodies. Those are all instruments that get to reveal aspects of yourself. You're not your house, you're not your cars. You know all these things already. They're all in your field of awareness, which is why we say um, the spirit of God is not merely in creation. The creation is in God because God is the infinite context. And, and creation is in the presence rather than the presence being in creation only. Does that make sense? Okay. So in the vision process, there are um, four stages. I, I've taught over the years that there are four stages of spiritual growth, development, and unfoldment. Of course, we know there's infinite stages. But for the sake of conversation, I broke them down into four stages. The first stage is the stage of the victim. It sounds like this. Something is being done to me. Everyone has lived there. You know, they're doing it to me. The world is doing it to me. The government's doing it to me. My ex is doing it to me. Life is, life is doing something to me. I am a victim, you see. And uh, oftentimes, that particular state, we grow out of that stage when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we start to pursue Answers. We start to look for how can I get off the hamster maze of the up and down way of living and, 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 and all of that. And then you bump into um, metaphysical teachings. You bump into a teacher. You bump into a good book. You don't just bump into it. Your, your interest and your intention uh, radiates it into your life. Uh, exactly what you need at that particular time that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. The, the, the teacher is appearing when the student is ready. And then, that, so you move out of the victim stage and you move into the stage called manifestation. Manifestation is stage two. This is where you learn and, uh, all about the, the truth that your thoughts are units of mental energy that transmute themselves uh, into speech, behavior, or perception, actions, condensation of experiences in your life. Transmutation simply means going from one state to another, the same way that water transmutes itself into gas or water can transmute itself into ice, but nothing is ever lost. So when, so when you come into stage two, you begin to learn about the thought forms in your awareness. You begin to learn that they're transmuting themselves into experiences in your, in your life. So you begin to, to uh, protect your consciousness, so to speak. You start to think affirmatively. You start to see and declare what it is you want to have in your life. You start to, to become aware of the law that you do not uh, describe what you see. You actually see what you describe. In other words, what you are describing mentally and emotionally and subconsciously, you ultimately see that in your life. So then you learn to do that consciously rather than uh, de de defaulting to all of the experiences that you've happened happened in life, rather than defaulting uh, to the beliefs of your family, the beliefs of the society, rather than having the default system to what's been imprinted on you, you start to consciously uh, manifest the, the, the health, the vibrancy, the beauty, the love, the joy. You start to consciously shift your awareness so that you can manifest the kind of life you wish to experience. Now, that is 
that's second stage work. It's very important work because that's where you learn about the sacred laws of the, of the, the universal laws of mind and action that, that basically matches the frequency that you're holding. We used to call it we still do to a degree uh, the, the linguistic convenience of called the law of attraction, you know. But in reality, it's really the law of radiation. You're really, the, the universe is really matching the frequency that you are shining, that you are sending, uh, that you are letting go from. Am I making sense to you? Yes. Okay. And so you become adept at stage two. And there are stage two masters out there that can tell you how to do th that, you know. And, and then after a while, because you can become addicted to stage two and end up manifesting a lot of stuff and still not be happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then you say, is this all there is to life? You know, I got three cars and three houses and six ex-wives and <laughs> four ex-husbands, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you, so you become aware that there's something beyond uh, stage two, but stage two is very important. It's very important because you, you start to uh, have an awareness uh, that there is a vibrational match to your intention. And many people suffer from intention deficit disorder. <laughs> many people don't have intentions. They just wake up, go out into life, and react to whatever the circumstances is. They stay in that second domain of adaption, you see, and adjustment to circumstances. But when, you, when you, you begin to have an intention, you start to have a rudder to your ship, and you start to have a sail going in a particular direction that you are intending. I'm intending to be happy. I'm intending to be prosperous. I'm intending to be successful. I'm intending to be grateful today. I'm intending to make a contribution on the planet before I leave. You start to have an intention so you're not just going out into the world, reacting to circumstances and other people's agendas about your life, you see? And so all of that stage two kind of work is very important because it creates a foundation of intention, a foundation of creating what is called best case scenarios in your life. Many people live from the dynamic of having worst case scenarios. Anything goes wrong, their mind goes immediately to what is the worst thing that could possibly happen, you see. But you start to rearrange that and start to create best case scenarios. You know, what if everything worked together for my good? What if out of this seeming negative circumstance, something beautiful is about to be born? What if a latent gift within me is about to be activated? You start to shift from worst case scenarios to the frequency of living life from best case scenarios. Again, all of this is stage two kind of work. That, 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 and that's called by me. Remember, the victim conscious is called to me. Something appears to be happening to me. It's the God. It's the devil. It's my numbers. It's my astrological chart. I stepped on a crack when I was young. I, you know, <laughs> whatever. Something's happening to me. But then in stage two, it's happening by me. I'm using my mind. And I'm learning how to think properly. In order to bring about a different result in my life, I am consciously manifesting rather than the manifestation being on default from beliefs I may have picked up from the world. Thoughts that, that may be moving through my mind that I had no, it was, I, had, I had no, I didn't put them there. They just, they, I was just in the society and we, everybody believed this. And so we all believed it together, you know. And so, yeah, well, the majority of people believed that. Well, that's probably wrong then. <laughs> but but, 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 in, but you, 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 which you consciously manifest. And then what happens is, as you begin to learn that the universe is not only friendly, but the universe is progressive, the universe... Uh, is the outpicturing of the fundamental order of the, of the infinite presence and that it's, it's always expanding to reveal more and more and more of the nature of the infinite. And even when there's a contraction, there's another expansion. And you realize that um, if you were to stay the same for 365 days, you really never really stayed the same. You actually relatively went backwards because the universe has gone forward. So it creates a tension in your life, a tension that ultimately creates a crisis, which creates an opportunity for you to grow. So in stage two, you, be, you learn all of these things. 
so that you're consciously manifesting and then something happens. You are not only an avenue of awareness, you are awareness itself. Are you ready to learn how to live your destiny? Manifest the kind of life you wish to experience. Transform with Michael Beckwith and the magic of a Gaia Sphere event. And we have to ask, what is it that I have that can be in service? June 10th and 11th, just outside of Boulder, Colorado. Manifestation has to happen. Visit Gaia.com slash events plus for more information. Stage three, you become more of a, you become an instrument, you become a channel for what is already happening. Life is lifing. Love is loving. Peace is peacing. Joy is joying. These, these particular qualities are not stagnant. They are always, as I said earlier, being broadcast and are always everywhere. So now what happens? We move through stage three, which is through me. Something is happening through me. We've gone from something is happening to me. We've gone from something is happening by me. We don't, we don't lose that. We can still use that technology. <laughs> to now something is happening through me. I, I'm available. So we go from the masculine, I'm going to do something with my mind. I'm going to make something happen. To the feminine, which is I'm letting, I'm allowing. I'm, I'm receiving, I'm available to that which is happening everywhere to happen through me. So I'm not trying to make something happen. I'm making something welcome. You feel that? It's a different frequency. I, I know love exists. I know peace exists. I know abundance exists. But I'm going to allow it to flow through me. And it's flowing through the work that I have done in stage two as I have convinced myself that, that life is for me, that the life of the presence is everywhere. That's why we say it's omni, omnipresent. It's the only power, omnipotent. You see, it's omniscient, all-knowing, and now I'm allowing, I'm letting, something's flowing through me. It's a whole different vibration. It's a whole different frequency. And then from there, there are moments of as me. There's only one life, and that life is the life of the presence. And it, it flows as us. You have pinprick moments where you realize, oh my God, there's no separation my life is the same life as the life of the presence, the life of God, the life of, the life of the infinite, the life of beauty and love and intelligence. That is my life because there's no other life outside of the infinite. There's nothing outside of the infinite, you see. There's only content of transitory points of view that have condensed themselves into individual or global experiences, but there's nothing outside of the infinite. So stage two is where you learn the art of visualization. Everyone knows what visualization is. You know, you, you visualize a particular outcome in your life. You know, athletes, you know, visualize themselves running their best race, possibly winning the race. You know, uh, you, can, you can visualize your body healing itself. You know, you begin, you begin to produce tonic chemicals. Your immune system becomes more powerful. The aging process stops or slows down, I should say. You know, so visualization is primarily a stage two technology. And it is a good, great, wonderful technology. When you move into stage three... Stage three is visioning. It's different from visualization. They are not the same thing. Before I go into that, let me just go back to the four stages and tell, tell you the evolution of, of them. So in stage one, where you're a victim, you come out of stage one through the process of forgiveness. In other words, when you feel victimized by anyone, in order for you to be set free, you have to forgive. You have to give forth. You have to let go of the resentment, the animosity, the hate, all the things that even might be justified. Somebody might have actually gossiped about you. They might, they might have actually stole something from you. They might, they might have actually tried to derail some project you were in. I'm not saying there aren't, uh, that there aren't individuals that are, that are not doing destructive things. But the, in the process of forgiveness, the 
those particular thought forms begin to be released from you. So that whatever it is they're doing or not doing has very little to do with you because you're not vibrating at the level of that relationship anymore. You're vibrating at the level of freedom and spiritual liberation because of the forgiveness that you have done. So in order to come out of victimhood, then every path with heart brings you to some level of forgiveness. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Even if they thought they did know what they were doing. You know, <laughs> forgive them anyway. And then, of course, forgiving yourself for any misperceptions, misdeeds, whatever. So forgiveness is continual. So to come out of victimhood, you enter into a forgiveness. Stage two, you've learned to manifest. You've learned to see things clearly. You learn how to see something, hold it at the emotional content level so that you can bring things into manifestation. You've learned the law that you don't describe what you see. You see what you describe. And then to come out of stage two, to move more to stage three, you're releasing control. That when you're in stage two, you're, you're, you, you have dominion over your attention. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but in, in some way, shape, form, or another, there's a level of control there. But as you incrementally start to grow, <clears throat> you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm, I'm not in control. That, you know. <laughs> it's incremental with what? With insights that you have. You, just, you feel more surrendered. The word, the word yielding, the word surrender, the word allowing start to come into your vocabulary. You start to release. You don't give up the gifts or the talents or the technology of stage two, but now you're embracing more of a letting and an allowing. You're moving more from the domination of, of, the, of the mental um, masculine to more of the heart feminine. I'm letting, I'm allowing. So this is when you become more of a vehicle, an instrument, a channel for the life to flow through you. And then when there's a release of the sense of separation between you and the presence, that's when the, um, the state of being, I am, as me, begins to emerge, you see. And, and so there's... To me, by me, through me, as me. Victim, manifester, channel, state of being. Forgiveness, letting go of control, uh, dissolving the sense of separation. Again, that doesn't happen overnight. That happens with spiritual practice. And you have pinprick moments of that. Sometimes just seconds. Sometimes it lasts much, 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 much longer. And... If, 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 if I say to you right now, I want you to pray, uh, you can look at yourself and you can see, am I praying to something out there or am I communing with something here? If you're praying to something out there, then you've created separation. If you're, if you're learning how to commune with, with a presence that's here, then the separation is dissolving. And you have, you're, you're more prone to have more moments of the state of being that, we have, um, that I was talking about. Are you following this? Yes. Even if you're not following it, we do have Q&A at the end. So. <laughs> and so, so, so as I was saying, visioning is a stage three technology. Because you are not going into visioning with what you think you want other than spiritual qualities. You're going in with an awareness that there's something within you that's planted there before time began. You could call it destiny. It's something there within you that is for you as a unique expression of the infinite. And you're seeking to be the right condition for its emergence. And though we all share in the field of love and beauty and intelligence and abundance, we are all unique expressions of that. So there is a destiny within you. There's, a, there's a, a vision state that you get to capture by asking empowering questions, you see. Now, I can remember uh, uh, a number of years ago, I founded the Agape National Spiritual Center. We're in our 36th year. I know, I know, I know. How did a six-year-old boy do this? But... <laughs> 
it was what it was. Nobody took me seriously until I became 12. <laughs> anyway, I can remember be, prior to Agape, I, I, was, I was at Big Bear, and I would go there for meditation retreats. I'd go by myself, and I was sitting outside in meditation, and all of a sudden, um, this, um, this scroll rolled out of the sky. It was a, I could read it. It was a scroll. And it said, Michael Beckwith to speak at this spiritual center. And then the scroll rolled up and disappeared. I said, well, that was pretty cool. You know, so I wrote about it in my journal. When I went home, the phone rang. And it was a guy named Bill. And he said, uh, you know, I'm from the Tacoma Church of Religious Science. And we would love for you to come out and be our guest speaker. And I said, I know, I saw the scroll. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? And I said, no, nothing nothing. I said, well, are you aware I don't have a license as a spiritual practitioner? I, at the time, I didn't. He said, yes. I said, are you aware I, 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 I don't have, I'm not a minister? I don't have any degrees in that area? He said, yes, we're aware of that. I said, why are you asking me to come speak? So we saw you at this uh, spiritual conference, at this Silomar conference ground. We really loved your vibration. We don't have a minister right now. We think you'd be just the perfect candidate to come, come be guest speak. So I said, okay. And so when the phone rang, I mean, when I hung up the phone, I got really, really nervous. I said, what am I, what, what am I going to go talk about? I, I, all I knew at that time was I, I, I didn't have a lot of language for, for my connection. It was just, I just had a love affair with the connection. People liked being around me, you know, uh, uh, for, for different kind of healings and things. So I, so I was laying on my couch, and I was, I was nervous, and I was thinking, how am I going to get out of this? I'm going to call him and tell him I'll have the flu that day, you know? And so, anyway, I left my body, and I was soaring. And as I was soaring, I was full of confidence and just full to overflowing with the love and the intelligence of the presence. And I could see Michael laying on the couch. And then the next moment, I'm on the couch, and I'm nervous. Oh, my God, what did I do? i got to get out of this. I can't do this. I hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of public speaking, if, if at all, any. And uh, then I was back up again, flying, and I looked back at Michael, and I said, that Michael, <laughs> he gets so nervous. Doesn't he understand yet that, and the moment I said the word that, I was back in the body again, nervous. So anyway, I go up to Tacoma, the energy flows through me, it was a beautiful situation that happened. So that was in 1978. That's when that was. 19, it's either 76 or 78. I think it was 78. So, 1987, I'm in my second year of Agape. And Agape, I founded Agape in 1986. So, 1987, there was something that was concerning me. So, I do what I do. I went into meditation, and then I split. And I'm looking at Michael sit on the, on the chair. And I said, he has nothing to worry about. I'm with him. And then I merged back with Michael again. Wow, time is really going. Oof, it doesn't exist, though. Okay. So, <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> so, and so, uh, and so the difference between the 1978 and 1987 was that 1978, I was primarily identified with the guy on the couch. 1987, I'd become more integrated with the guy looking at the guy on the, in the chair. That's called transformation and integration. Okay, but the point, one of the points of the story is when that scroll rolled down, that was showing me something that was within me as a part of my destiny. Because at the time, I wasn't consciously thinking about starting community, going to the school of ministry, none of that. My life was cool. I had my weekends off. I was seeing uh, individuals personally, doing little seminars. I was good with that. You see, but there was something else trying to emerge that I had to ultimately give up the resistance to and say yes to it. And I'm telling you, the resistance was big back in those days. It's like, "Ah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to start a community. I don't want to do all that. You know, let me just do what I'm doing. And the inner beings that speak, they told me one day, if you don't do this, we have no we have no reason to keep you on the planet anymore. I said, oh, okay. And then you get to go and <laughs> I'm giving you a, a, a short version of a long story. But, but anyway, the point being, there was something in me trying to emerge. 
There's something in you trying to emerge right now. And, it's, and it may not be what you're consciously thinking about. So that we begin to put ourselves in a position to ask empowering questions to tease it out of us, which is what the vision process is. Now, many people, uh, the universe answers any question you ask. That's the way the universe operates. So many people ask, what's wrong? Who's to blame? Or why me? Those are disempowering questions. The universe will answer them, though. If you say what's wrong, your mind will start being focused on all the wrong things. What's to blame? You'll find scapegoats. If you'll say, why me? It'll say, because you're an idiot. <laughs> Joking. It doesn't say that. <laughs> but it, it'll show you the patterns in your life that are allowing your perception to create experience. But when you ask a higher order question and you live in a higher order state of inquiry, then you start to get higher order answers. So in the vision process, we're getting ready to do it. We go into a state of love. And then we ask the question, what is it within me that's trying to emerge? Or what is, I'll use the word God, but don't be offended by it because when I use the word God, I'm not saying a man in the sky. I'm saying a presence that's never an absence. The presence of intelligence, beauty, and love, and more. What is God's idea of itself as my life? What is God's idea of itself as my life? We work with that. And we're gonna, I'm just telling you what we're going to do, but I'm telling you before we do it, okay? Then we ask the question, what do I have, what do I have to become in order to manifest the vision that I'm now catching? You cannot have permanently anything you're not willing to become in your consciousness. You can have temporary stuff, but if you haven't, if it's not active in your consciousness, if you haven't become it, you can lose it, you see. So we ask, what is it that I must become in consciousness in order to manifest the vision, you see? That's, that's our growing edge. Another way of saying is, where do I have to grow in my own life? In other words, you're learning to take full responsibility for your own life. You're not into victim. You're not into, well, I can't succeed because of them. I can't, I'm not, I, can't, I can't make it because those people over there don't like me. No, no, no. What do I have to become? Because once uh, there is a condition, a vibrational condition, manifestation has to happen. It's law. You see? So, so, so we are not only the idea... We are also the condition for the idea to manifest. You see? It's endogenous. It's within us. Follow? Yes. Got it? Okay. So we ask that question. What is it that I have to become in order to manifest this vision that I'm now learning to articulate? And then we ask, what is it that I have already that can be in service to the vision? This is a very good question because there are resources that sometimes we take for granted. There are talents and gifts within us that we sometimes take for granted, that sometimes our mind is focused on what we don't have, is focused on lack and scarcity. If only I had this, then I'd be okay. But we, need to, we have to shift and we have to ask, what is it that I have that can be in service? Now, what does that do? In scripture, it says, to he or she who has, more shall be given. To he or she who has not, even that which they have shall be taken away. It's not personal. If you're at a certain vibrational frequency, then more seems to pour in. If you're at a vibration of lack and limitation, you seem to lose. It's just law. It's not personal, you see. It's not a personal thing. Um, it's just, it's, you know, if you're sitting on top of a house or on, on your roof, you can be a really good person. But if you jump off, gravity's probably going to win this one. You know, it's not going to say, oh, she's cool. She, I, really, I really like her. We're going to suspend gravity for a while. And, you know, I mean, there are instances of that, but that's another talk. <laughs> so, so we ask, what do we have? And we begin to embrace that so that we're operating from the overflow. We're operating from abundance, uh, from what I am and what I have. Then we ask, what is it 
that no longer serves me that, I, that I'm willing to let go of. So it's an, aware, it's an awareness exercise. What's, what is it that I have within me that doesn't serve me anymore? It may have served me when I was a young kid. It may have been a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism that I needed because something terrible happened in my life. It may have been, you know, uh, 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 may have been uh, conversations that we're having. Maybe it may be habits that you have that you never grew out of. So what is it that now no longer serves me that I that I'm willing to let go of? And then we tap into the frequency of willingness. Where there is willingness, there is a way. When there's willfulness, there's a wall. Whenever there's a vibration of willfulness, you create a vibrational wall. If there's willingness, then a way is made. So we tap into the frequency of willingness, and what are we willing? We're willing to catch and articulate the vision. We're willing to be on our growing edge to become what's necessary to manifest the vision. We're willing to embrace what we have in gratitude and in thanksgiving. We're willing to let go of anything that no longer serves us. Just in the frequency of willingness, mountains are moved in our, in our, in our life. Mountains are moved, you see, through willingness. But the vision process is you don't even know what's within you. You have no idea. There's so much potential within you, and you may be walking lockstep in the status quo of what success is. You may be walking lockstep in, in what society says is right or wrong, but there's something within you that has nothing to do with your parents, nothing to do with, with society, nothing to do with governments. You, there's something within you that wants to come forward and shine. It wants to happen. But you have to be the vibrational condition for it to emerge. And when you become the vibrational condition, it cannot not happen. It must. Because you are the condition and then you are the life force itself behind it. You are the energy of it. You are luminosity. I say that to say there's so much within you that you are, you are luminous for real you see. And you are dissolving and cleaning up the filters of your perception that you can not only see with consciousness the luminosity of your own being, but you'll be able to see and, 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 and embrace it in everyone else too, because you won't be just looking at personality or body temples. You're looking at with, with something else, at something else. What you're looking at, you'll be looking with as it's more and more activated. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.